I want to start out with this real quick. You guys turn to Matthew. You guys look at Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14. You can flip there in your Bibles, or you can swipe there in your digital Bibles, however you're going to do it. So, we, this, the first part of it talks about the golden rule. Uh, but I love how Jesus um, talks about this next. He says, enter, into, enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many, for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. And it, it really made me start to think about, you know, um, our walk and how we live our life as Christians because it should not be if we have you have no resistance in life if no one ever is angry with you if your lifestyle is not offensive to somebody you may not go outside um, but if your lifestyle is offensive to people if what you believe is offensive to the, cu the culture that we live in if um, what we're doing make somebody angry when we're doing what is right by the, the standards of God's word, there's something that we're doing right. But I, I believe that when Jesus is talking about this, he's not just talking about, okay, hey, the road is going to be hard. He doesn't mean like, oh, okay, people are not going to like you. He means that trials are going to come, struggles are going to come. There's going to be things in our life that are going to cause pain in our life. And there's going to be things that... Um, And there's going to be some things that may try to hinder us from finding the proper way. Have you guys ever been on the path and then walked off the path and come back to the path? That, that's called humanity. That's called redemption. That's called Jesus looking at us and saying, oh, hey, by the way, you're off the path. Let's come back to the path because you were on the wide path and that was easy for you. But time to come back to the path that leads to life. It's not about wide and easy. It's not about narrow and a hard path. It's about what leads to life. It, it, we, can, we can argue all day, well, you know, it, it's about this. No, it's, Jesus is only emphasizing life and death here. One leads to destruction, one leads to life. And we have a choice to which one we, we should walk. And so I started just getting um, wrapped up in some things, reading about things, and I, I started just reading and I was actually um I'll get to that in a second but we can get wrapped up in everyday Christianity we get so focused on the everyday part of it we forget about the relationship part of it um we forget about um what is required of us because in every title that we carry in our life there's there's something that's required of us as husbands wives sons daughters employees employer whatever it is there's something that's required of each one of us we're all required to do something with whatever position in life that we're in. And I think in church, we can get wrapped up in the things that we do at church. Um, we can get wrapped up in what classes we do. I, I actually was listening to um, a gentleman. He said uh, he was talking about how um, a church budget, one church budget was um, that 80% of the church budget was all about what Sunday service looked like. And I started doing some research, and I was like, it was a $10 million budget a year. And I was like, 
have we gotten so wrapped up in our culture, have gotten so wrapped up in what we experience on a Sunday morning that we've forgotten to experience Jesus in the everyday? We, we, we get so wrapped up in, I really felt good during worship, or I really liked the song they played today. It's not about you. We don't care what, if you like the song or don't like the song. It, sorry, I'm just I'm not trying to be mean. It, but it, it's not whether you like the song. It's about, is God happy? Is God honored? Is he worshipped? Is he um, loved and ministered to while we worship? And I started to think about that. I said, why do we spend so much time worrying about the people that are sitting in the seats, and if they're happy, then start to worry about the people that aren't sitting in seats, the people that don't go to church, the people that need Jesus that don't even realize they need Jesus. And I think if we look deeper into our lives and into our relationship with God, we'll find, um, we'll actually find the God that we tell people we serve. If we actually start to dig a little deeper and scratch off the, you know, you scratch off that lottery ticket and you hope you win. You know, it's just that little fine surface. And I think sometimes we all, we all sit on that fine surface of that lottery ticket hoping to get something, but we never scratch off the surface to go deeper with God. You know, so many times we go to church, we sing the song, we, we drop the money in the offering bucket, plate, whatever you want to call it. But do we really understand what's asked of us? In a relationship, there is something that is asked of you and required of you. And I think sometimes we don't scratch the surface enough to dive deeper into that relationship with God to understand what is required of us. So Luke twelve forty eight says, But the one who did not know and didn't, did what deserved a beating will receive a light beating. Everyone to whom... Much was given, of him much will be required. And from him whom they entrusted much, they will demand more. And I think it, it, it's that way in our walk with God. I think some, it, it's like the parable of the talents in, in some of our lives. God gives some of us one, some of us, God gives four, some of us, God gives ten. And he says, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to, are you going to actually do something with it? Because if you're going to do something with it, there's, you've been entrusted with something. You know, like the parable of the, the wicked servant. He was, you know, God gave, uh, the master gave all this money, said, oh, at least do something with it. But the, the one guy, he gets one, he's like, oh, I knew you were a hard master. I went and buried it because I was afraid of what you would do. But he, if you look at it, he was mad, the master was mad because he goes, at least you could have put it in the bank and got interest off it. So what did he do? He gave that one, pushed him off, cast him out, and said, here, take this one, and gave it to the, uh, the good servant, and said, do something with it, because I know you will do something with it. And I'm going to read this from the Passion Translation. I really like the way that it's worded in here. And it says, for those who have received a greater revelation from their master are required a greater obedience. And those who have been entrusted with great responsibility will be held more responsible to their master. That makes that verse even harder to swallow sometimes. That, 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 that puts even more responsibility on our shoulders when you start to think about that. Um, to follow Christ is not a life of everything being perfect. Um, as most of you know, you've probably all not lived perfect lives and had nothing ever happened bad in your life or done anything wrong. You know, 
you're not those kind of people, but, uh, you know, I'm still waiting to meet that perfect person. I haven't met them yet. So, um, if you find that person, let me meet them. I want to take a photo with them. Um, but your life with Christ is going to have struggle. It is going to have, um, pain. It's going to have, um, trials and it's going to suck sometimes just in flat out say it. it's going to suck sometimes, but there's, uh, there's a really great um, end to that trial, to that struggle, to that um, situation that you may go through on that narrow path. Because what does that narrow path lead to? It leads to life. And that's all we're concerned about in that narrow path. I think so many people are like, well, the path, it's narrow. I understand that. But it doesn't mean that the path is um, a bad path. People are like, well, the wide path, that's so much easier. I can change lanes when I want to. I can just, you know, move over to the left. If I get bored, I can move over to the right. And it's easy, and I don't have to really focus on what I'm doing. If you think about it, mountain passes, they're not usually wide. They're very narrow, and you have to pay attention to what you're doing, or you end up mountain lion food or bones somebody finds 50 years later. There's a, there's a, a focus we have to have. And know where we're, what we're doing and when we're, when we're doing it. Because mountain passes aren't like, hey, it's you know, like two lanes of traffic. I can just go this way and go this way. You have to focus on what you're doing. You have to pay attention to your steps and where your feet are going and what they're stepping on. Because if you don't, don't know what you're stepping on and you're not paying attention to what you're stepping on, you could be dead. And so it's, it's a, a, a focus we have to have with God. And so it's about that path. It's about what is happening on that path that leads to it. And sometimes that path may not be the easiest path, but our job is to have focus on that path because we know the end result. God already gives us the end result. It's not like, well, I'll show you when you get there. You ever done that to your kids? You know, where are we going? Well, well, tell you when we get there, you know, that kind of stuff, just just to keep them like pretend that you're going to give them a surprise. And it's actually, you're just going to the grocery store. Um, and, um, we did that to our kids one time and we, we just got in the van and headed to um, up north and they're like what are we doing what are we doing we're just kind of like pretending like we're not doing anything and then we pull into great wolf lodge and they're just like ah, freaking out you know they're just like you know this was like 10 years ago so you know they were younger and it was more exciting to sit in a hotel room and go to a water park but um yeah it was that it was that journey there and i think sometimes we have to start to focus on on that narrow path is narrow we have to focus on our steps because there's something in the um in the journey of walking that path that brings joy during that um during that trip so jordan would you grab the turn the lights off for me and other jordan would you uh put that up as soon as oh never mind mel's got it thank you so i want you guys to watch this real quick and then you guys can do you believe it now trinity morpheus the Oracle. She told me. She I... told you exactly what you needed to hear. That's all. Neo, sooner or later you're going to realize, just as I did, there's a difference between knowing the path and walking the path. We can end right there. I'm just. I'm just <laughs> no. Um, so. That was my uh, I, movie came out when I was 19. That was my favorite movie. It's still my favorite movie. I haven't watched it in 10 years and well, about 10 years. And I, that's The Matrix, yeah. And I, so I watched it a, a couple weeks ago because my wife was out shopping and she bought me the, the 
three-pack of the trilogy, and I was watching it, and I had never noticed that. And I've watched that movie probably 15 times, and I had never noticed that line, that 20 seconds of line. And it, and it, it sticks out, and it really pokes you in, the, in the, the brain, doesn't it? There's a difference between knowing the path and walking the path. And that, that sits heavy on you when you start to really think about that, when you start to understand what that is. Let me, let me say this again. After hearing that, to follow Christ is not a life of everything being perfect and never going through a trial or struggle. And I think so many times we know the path, but walking the path is two different things. I believe that we can walk on the path to knowing God and to walking with God, but I believe there's times where he says, hey, I need you to go here, and there's a different path I need you to take while you follow me to do that. And I believe there's sometimes it's like, well, I know, I know this path, and this path is the easy path for me, God, because it's safe in this path. But God sometimes will say, hey, I need you to walk over here. And I think knowing what he wants you to do and actually walking in what he wants you to do are completely different. And I think scratching off that surface is the beginning point of knowing who God is and knowing where he comes from. So, 1 Corinthians 4, 12-13 says, But still we labor working with our hands to meet our needs, because despite all of this, when a fist is raised against us, we respond with a blessing. When we are faced with violence and persecution, we stay on our mission. And when others choose to taunt and slander us, we speak words of encouragement and reconciliation. We're treated like scum, on, scum of the earth, and I'm not talking about past tense, I mean today. We're, we are the scraps of society, nothing more than the foulish Foulest human rubbish is what we're treated like. Knowing what God has for us and walking in what God has for us. Walking in His, knowing what, what it could be to follow God and walking in the fullness. It, it's, there's no comparison to them. We can, we can come every Sunday, we can scratch off the surface and then be done with that for the week and then come back and scratch off the surface a little bit and be done with that, but never really fully diving into a relationship with him. I want to get to heaven and say, instead of he just said, you know, knew the path and you kind of walked on it. I want him to say, you knew how to walk. You, you walked the path and actually knew who I was. And so When we deal with trials and we deal with struggles, I think so many times when people are born again, the first struggle they have tends to push them back away from what they had just got born into. They, they, they are born again, they follow Jesus, and then something happens and they're like, I don't know, God, why would he let this happen to me? And it's not about him letting it happen to you. That does, God doesn't just say, oh, yeah. He's, he doesn't look at everybody and go, oh, you're Job. Yeah, that's fine. Persecute him all you want and do whatever you want to him. It doesn't work that way. But Jesus told us that we, we would have struggles. Our lives have struggles, trials, testing of what we're rooted in, of what it, our foundation is. We can have, okay, so 
if you go out in the woods and you're going to climb a tree, tell me what kind of tree you're going to climb. Are you going to climb a pine tree or are you going to climb an oak tree and say, I want to go to the top of that tree? Yes. Why would you not climb a pine tree? Yeah. You'll probably break the branch about 10 feet up and then you'll fall through the rest of the branches on the way down and then hopefully somebody finds you before and can bring, drag you out of, out of the woods. Um, there's something about on a windstorm. What happens when you see windstorms? What usually happens? You have pine trees bend to the wind, but when the wind really hits them, what happens is I've walked out in the woods of our, of our neighbors and you'll see pine trees this big around completely, nothing wrong with them, but completely uprooted because it blew just a little too hard and they couldn't take it. They could bend a little bit, but when it really came to it, they were just down. But the oak trees are just like, yeah, we lost a few branches and, uh, you know, some leaves, but we're good. We're still here. But what we're rooted in will, will, will cement us in while we go through trials and tribulation, while we go through life that doesn't always seem fair, doesn't always seem like, well, why does this person do this? You ever seen somebody who is like, hates God, hates everything about God, and everything in their life is just like, they've got this, they've got this, and you're like, God, I serve you, I follow you, why do they have that? Does it, I'm, we've all done that? We've all done that. We've all done that. I mean, come on. And you really think about it. You know, they've got the house, the cars, the 3.2 kids, and, the, and, the, and the, everything looks perfect. Everything looks good. And really what it is is this, is they're on the wide path swerving in and out in and out, in and out. And it's easy, and it looks good. The wide path is always easy. You know, it's like when you get on the highway at night and there's, no, there's only a few people there, and you're like, yeah, you just stay in one lane, you don't have to worry about anybody else. It's kind of that way. It's an easy drive to destruction. But to life, it's like going around the S-curve in minus 30 in freezing rain. And you white knuckle it sometimes and you're like, dear God, help me get through this because I don't know if I'm going to make it around these curves. But it leads to life. It may feel like you're going to die. But did you die? No, you didn't. Um, so when we have to, to walk that path, it's not always about how we... Well, let, me, let me rephrase this. Let me, this be nicer. It's not all about you and... Um, it's not about your experience on the path. It, our Christian life is not about our experience. I think too many times we want the experience. I, I, you're like, here, I, I want a guided tour. Here, this is the site, and this is, this is where you had a good time, and this is where... Okay, no. <laughs> we want a guided tour through our Christian life, and it's not about a guided tour through Christian life. It's about getting to the life. It is about life. And, and the when we think about it, knowing the path and actually walking the path. So many people know the path, but they choose not to get off of the, the, the highway and go to the, the path. Because the easy road is always going to lead to destruction. When life is easy, you really need to think, am I, God, am I, is there something I need to change in my life? Not that you want persecution, not that you want struggle or bad things, but you need to really think, if life has been so good, what is going on? Is there something, I, God, that I am blind to and I can't see? 
Real depth comes from walking the path and not just knowing it. We have to get past this experience of Christianity. Christianity is not an experience. If it was an experience, you could just go to the local movie theater and watch it. Well, that was just a great movie. Glad I watched Christianity. And then you can go home. It's not like that. Walking the path sometimes comes with suffering and hurt, but it comes with an expectant joy in the outcome. We don't always go in and like, oh, God, why? You know, we look at David. David's a perfect example of, woe is me, the sky is falling, everything's bad. But then the next day he's like, Jesus loves me. And he goes from deep sorrows to deep joy. And I think in our life, we have to look at some of these people in the Bible and say, this, ha- this will be my life. Sometimes we will have deep sorrow. We'll have pain, we'll have suffering, we'll have loss, but in the end we will have deep joy. We have to walk the path knowing that we have it with an expectancy. Uh, I can't say that word today. So um, an expectancy, there we go. An expectancy of joy. There we go, I got it out. Always expecting joy at the end of your tri- uh, struggle, trial, pain, suffering, sickness, whatever it is. God will give that to you. Knowing that there's always going to be an outcome. Because here's the thing is no matter what happens to you, sickness, loss, whatever it is, when you are on the path, what is it? The end, the end experience is what? It is life and eternal life. But you, I mean, I really, uh, Sarah and I talk about this all the time. Would we really want the best life where nothing ever bad ever happened? And then, think about this, then it leads to no depth in, in God and not having God at all in the wide, wide path, the wide road, the wide gate that is easy to go down. And by the time I'm down there, I'm like, it's too far and it only leads to death. You know, is life easy? No. Is it fun? Sometimes. Is it hard? Sometimes. Does it suck? Sometimes. Yes. Um, is there times where you want to give up? Yes, there will be times where you want to give up. There will be times you question God and say, why is this happening? Why am I going through this? Why is this happening to the people I love, to the people I know, to me, whatever it is? And he may not give you that answer. He may not tell you. Because I think there's some things that we are meant to know now, and there's things that when we see him face to face, he'll be like, this is why this happened. This is why you went through this situation. Because I think if we knew the answer now, we wouldn't be able to go through the the trial or the, the situation that we're in. Knowing the path does nothing for us. It does absolutely nothing for us except send us to death. But walking the path and actually sacrificing ourselves, actually living a life that is sacrificial to God, does. Sometimes God is going to say, hey, if you're going to follow me, if you're going to walk the path with me, you're going to walk this path with me, I'm going to ask you to do stupid things that people are going to think are stupid and make you look stupid and your family stupid. And it's just going to look stupid. You're going to look stupid. I'm just saying. People are going to question why you did something. Like, why would you... You know how many people are like, well, why did you move, move to a little town 
and have a church there. Well, we didn't choose to move to this little town and have a church. We moved to this town because we were broke and poor, and we needed a cheap house, so we got a cheap house. I really wouldn't call it a house. I mean, you could, like, reach down to the under part of the house and if you wanted to. It was, it was super scary. Um, but moving to this place was where God had us. People said, well, you, you, it's way too small of a town to get people to come. And it's way too small of a place to actually grow a church and to build a church and to do this. They said, move to Fremont, move to Muskegon, do it in one of those towns. I said, why would I, I don't want to drive 45 minutes to go to go to the church building. I did that for way too long. But they said we were stupid for doing that. And it looks stupid in the long run. Why would you put a church in a town of six, that have six churches and a thousand people? doesn't really add up too well um but it wasn't about what looked stupid it wasn't about the other churches it was about what god has asked us to do it was about saying yeah we probably you're probably right god (laughs) yeah sometimes we say that you're probably right you know i'm just going to keep doing this you know you ever had that conversation with god you're like he's like yeah you should probably do this i think you should do this you're like yeah probably (laughs) And you had that conversation with him. He's like, really? Probably? Yeah. You're like, yeah. You've, we've all had that conversation with God. Yeah, I'm not, you can't lie to me. We all come from the same two people, Adam and Eve, and they had that conversation with God. You said, well, you know, it was, it was her fault, and she made me do it. <sighs> trying to reason with God is like a, a four-year-old kid trying to reason their way out of a spanking. Well, you know, no, no, let, let me let me finish, let me finish before they're going to get a spanking, yeah. Yeah, I just need to talk to you a little bit more. I need to talk to you a little bit more. That's what kids do. That's what I did. That's what we do as humans to talk to our father when we're like, he's like, I need you to do this. You're like, well, you know, I'm kind of in the middle of something. But taking that time to dig deeper into, into an experience with God, not just an experience in church, why the American church is suffering right now. That's why the American church is falling apart. You realize the churches bigger than us are closing their doors every week. I don't know why. I can't answer that question, but I'm telling you this is we have to stop getting away from the experience and start working on the path. We have to get away from, oh, this is just so much fun. I, I just felt so good at church. Well, it's not about your feelings. God will ask you to do stupid things and make you look stupid in front of people for his glory. For that step towards life. People are like, you just can't do a church here. I'm like, watch me. I have never been one of those people you tell, you tell me, you know, you really can't do this. I'll be like, Watch me. <laughs> That's the thing is, you can't tell me if some if God has told me that you need to do this. Watch me. Yes. <sighs> nope. He said no. <laughs> yep. Not nah. anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
not about your experience. <laughs> anyway, so where was I? I got thrown off by that. Yeah, so anyway, I think we need to look at and say, okay, I'm going to follow God. I'm going to walk that path. And when people say, that sounds weird to me, that looks weird to me. And I'm not saying church people. If church people come up to you and they're like, dude, that's just really weird. And you probably really need to get some counsel on that. Please get counsel on that. But if unchurched people go, that's weird, it's because they don't understand. If people who don't follow God say that's weird, it's because they don't understand. They're looking at you going, why are you sacrificing everything of yourself and not getting everything for yourself? It's because I follow a God who sacrificed everything for us so that we could have life. It's not about, oh, well, I just feel good right now while I'm in church. I got my, you know, special coffee with all the extra stuff on it and I feel good when I'm at church. I have never wanted to feel good at church. If I'm uncomfortable reading my Bible, or if I'm, if I'm not uncomfortable reading my Bible, if I'm not uncomfortable in church when I'm speaking this, I'm speaking to myself right now. If I'm not uncomfortable in church for something to change in my life, I need to go find a new church. So if I get comfortable, I may need to go find a new church. So, um, yeah, she keeps me very uncomfortable. So, but we have to get out of our level of comfort when we sit down. I made sure we didn't have padded chairs just so your guys' butts fell asleep. So you weren't comfortable. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. No, this is all we had. So, But I want you guys to, to think about being uncomfortable. I, you know, Sarah, if you've been around Sarah and I for more than, you know, three minutes, we will make you uncomfortable in some way, whether we're just being awkward to make you feel awkward or we challenge you to take that next step with God. I don't want, I don't want people that come in and say, well, the, the path was easy. I want you to come in and say the path is hard and say, hey, let's walk together on that path because we know where we're going. It leads to life. Let's walk it together. I think we were meant to do that. You're never meant to walk a, a path alone. And if you are, find somebody to talk about it with. Say, you know, I'm really struggling. I need somebody to walk with me through this. We may understand what you're going through. We may not understand what you're going through, but we have the ability to, to walk with you and support you. We may not be able to say the right things. We may, may not be able to understand the, the situation going through, but we can walk by and hold your hand and hold you up. David said to this, instead, you direct me in the path that leads to the beautiful life. As I walk with you, the pleasures of never ending are never ending, and I know true joy and contentment. We always get in this conversation in church, and it's in the church life. It's happiness and joy. Happiness is a momentary thing. Oh, you make me so happy. And then when, they're, when you're mad at them, you make me so angry. Nobody's forcing you to be angry. No one's forcing you to be happy. But joy is a, is a thing that it never goes away. So while you're struggling, while you're going through the, the, the times of the season, you're like, why are we going through this? God, why is this happening? He goes, because I asked you to go through this. Because it's not about you. It's about the person that you're walking with or the person that you're taking care of or the person that you're praying with. It's for them, not you. So it has to be a sacrificial life. If Jesus sacrificed his life, we can give moments of our life that are sacrificial. We can say, you know what, I'm just going to give this time up because these people need it or this person needs me to go with them, to walk with them, to talk with them. 
It's about giving of ourselves, not my experience on the path. It's about seeing the, the places that people are going to walk on that path and saying, they're going to need help through this. They're going to need someone to guide them through this. They're going to need someone to be that person that says, don't step there because that leads to death. Sometimes we have to sacrifice what we want, our needs and our desires for someone who may have more than us, may have everything else that we don't have, but needs someone to walk through life and say, you know what, I need you to give me wisdom on this. I need you to walk through this situation with me because I don't know what to do. So let's not focus on the experience. I think when we, when we start to focus on God, focus on where he's asking us to go, the experience becomes better, but it's not about what we experience and how it makes us feel better. We have to start thinking of church as a place to go and um, getting equipped, supporting each other, praying with each other, helping each other, and then going out and saying, who, now that we've helped each other during this time, Let's go find someone else who needs that help, who needs us to spend that time with them, who needs us to pray with them, whether they believe or not. Just say, hey, can I pray with you? You know how many people, random people, I've just said, hey, can I pray with you? I don't know if they're believers, but I've asked them to pray with, if I can pray with them, just because I can see that they're going through something or know that they are dealing with something that they're not, not saying. You ever had somebody that's normally really nice to you and all of a sudden they're just rude to you? Probably going through something, just saying. It's, probably, it's pretty easy to figure that out. If they're not normally rude and cranky and they are rude and cranky to you, something's going on in life. Go for it. Yeah, and that's that's the thing is when you're in those situations, it's not about whether you have the joy of the Lord or not. It's about that it will show up. You can go through trials and struggles, and it might seem really hard, but it's it's as easy as calling on the name of the Lord and saying, "God, I need you in this time." His joy shows up really quickly when you need when you call for it. So. Remember, it's not about your experience. It's not about, it's about scratching off. It can't be just scratching off the surface. It has to be knowing the, 
knowing the path and then walking the path, not just saying, well, you know, it's a nice path, but I want the experience. Sorry, it's not an experience here. It's an experience, but it's not that kind of experience. But, so, let's just pray. 